This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News. And now it's time for the Jack Riccardi Show. Boy, the Spurs are definitely uh, making sure they get that number one uh the number one draft pick, right? It's a lottery, though. It's a lottery. I know, but, man, I mean, just lose, guys. You know, just you just have to lose. You just lose by five points. You know. You know, wow. back in the yeah, day, yeah, I know it's a lottery. That's right. So you really can't. You can only put yourself in the running for tanking. You can't just tank. Well, I've got personal experience with this as a as a much younger Dallas Mavericks fan mm-hmm. in the early nineties mm-hmm. when the Mavericks mm-hmm. were just crapola right. cola they didn't land anybody yeah thanks to the lottery so yeah this ain't a sure thing by any no. stretch not even close no that is true that is true thank you for that reminder all right well good afternoon welcome to our dreadful little show for friday jack riccardi on 550 and 1071 ktsa so today is a day of Video in the news. Uh, there has been the release of video that has been long anticipated, and there is nervous anticipation about some other video that is coming out later. Let me start with what we've already seen. So today, as we told you yesterday, today is a result of numerous news organizations going to court, and I think rightly so. There was a release of body cam footage relating to the Paul Pelosi home invasion last October. You may remember how bizarre this story sounded. If you have not yet seen the video, I I don't want to spoil it for you. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, you know, maybe turn the radio down. But it it really doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. What we see in, in the footage doesn't make a lot of sense. We see the San Francisco police officers go to the door. Um, they've been called to the house. I'm going to play the 911 call here in a second. They, they go to the house. Paul Pelosi opens the door. He and David DuPape are both holding the hammer. They each have a hand on the hammer. They're standing together in a way that I just can't make sense of as a, as an assailant and a victim, but maybe, I mean, I haven't been in that situation. Um, so, you know, they're standing there together. The, the police are clearly confused when they tell DePape to put the hammer down. Um, he says, no way. And, um, then all of a sudden he wheels on uh, Paul Pelosi, and he, they go out of the door frame, so they go out of our field of vision, but obviously from the body motion, he, is, he, he pivots to his left and takes a giant, like, Paul Bunyan swing with the hammer, uh, and that's when the cops say, oh, bleep, and they run in there and tear them apart. Um, this is the 911 call that led to the cops coming to the home. This also was released today. Cut number three. (laughs) 
Can we get can we get cut? I'm sorry, not cut number three. I apologize, Don. Cut number four. Oh, I guess I, I guess I, I told my mistake. What is it? It's the San Francisco Police. Do you need help? Oh, what is the gentleman uh, here just waiting for my wife to come back? Nancy Pelosi. Uh, he's just uh, waiting for her to come back because she's not going to be here for a day, so I guess we'll have to wait. Okay, do you need police, fire, or medical for anything? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Zero two twenty three and fifty eight seconds. Uh, there's, there's the uh, um, is the Capitol Police around? No, this they, is they usually protect my wife. They're usually, they're usually here. They're usually here at the house protecting my wife. Uh, no, this is San Francisco in. Police. Friday, October. I I no, I understand. Um, okay, well, uh, and what do you think? Uh, he thinks everything's good. Uh, I, I've got a problem, but he thinks everything's good. Uh, okay. Call us back if you change your mind. No, no, no. This, this gentleman just uh, came into the house. Uh, and he wants to wait here for my wife to come home. And so, uh, anyway, he's do on you the know, phone. Do down. you know who the person is? No, I don't know who he is. He, he, uh, uh, he has this, he's telling me, he's telling me not to, uh, he's telling me not to do anything. What is your address, sir? Uh, 26. What is your name? Uh, my name is Paul Pelosi. Friday, anyway, this, this gentleman says that uh, he thinks everything ought to, you know, he, he told me to put the phone down and uh, just do what he said. Okay? Okay, who, what's the gentleman's name? I don't know. What's that? What's that? My name's David. Da my name is David. Okay, and who is David? I, I don't know. I, what's that? I'm a friend of theirs. Yeah, I, I, um, he says he's a friend, but... But, said, you don't, never, but you don't know who he is? No, no ma'am. Okay. He's telling me I'm being very lazy, so I, I got to stop Zero, talking to you, okay? Two, okay. You sure I can stay on the phone with you just to make sure everything's okay? No, he, he wants me to get that off the phone. Zero, two, okay. Okay. And zero, eight Thank seconds. you. Okay, bye. I, I don't, I mean, that... <laughs> What do you think? That that sounds to me like a, a a guy that's terrified, and he is trying to signal that he needs help. And um, I've heard people describe it that way who'd heard it before it was released that he was sort of speaking in code, like he's not saying it, but he's hoping they get read between the lines or listen between the lines. He, you know, he's looking for the Capitol Police. I don't know who this guy is. I guess we're going to have to wait for my wife. Uh, he says I need to put the phone down. But here's the takeaway from both that very bizarre call that the assailant actually chimes in on and then the video, the snippet of video that's been released. Um, I don't, I still don't exactly know what happened, but I, I definitely don't think you can chalk this up to some kind of ultra mega plot to get the Pelosi's or whatever. Th this is a wacko. This is a weirdo. And, and, and whatever 
prior relationship may or may not have existed, whatever culpability or involvement Paul Pelosi had, maybe none, possibly, quite likely none. Man, this this is not what they what they tried to make it. And no wonder they tried so hard to keep uh, the public from getting this. Um, it, it, again, it certainly doesn't clear everything up. You're like, oh, now I totally understand what happened. But um, anyway, there's that. And then we are told that sometime later today, a video that is being described by the police chief of Memphis as acts that defy humanity will be released. This is the Tyree Nichols case. If you remember this story, this happened earlier this month. Tyree Nichols was pulled over by Memphis police. They said he was driving recklessly. Um, and the city of the uh, encounter with the police resulted in a severe beating of Tyree Nichols because he ran from them. He died in the hospital, I think, two days later. The police chief in Memphis tonight, Carolyn Davis, is saying that the five officers involved who were out on bail after being charged with murder did something, quote, about the same, if not worse, unquote, than the Rodney King beating in Los Angeles in, what was that, 91, I think, or 92? And, of course, that led to riots, and Rodney King lived. Uh, Tyree Nichols died. She says in uh, addressing this, it was unconscionable. I don't think I've witnessed anything of that nature in my entire career. You're going to see acts that defy humanity. You're going to see a disregard for life, a duty of care that we're all sworn to, an amount of aggression that is unexplainable. As this video will show you, it doesn't matter who's wearing this uniform. We have the same responsibility. Uh, that was a reference to the fact that the victim is black and all of the five officers are black. Chief says it takes race off the table. It takes off the table. The issues and problems in law enforcement is about race. Um, and she says the cops involved in Nichols' death did, quote, absolutely everything wrong. They don't even know. She says, we cannot substantiate that he even was driving recklessly at the time that they stopped him. Tyree Nichols' mother has said, my son cried out for me. They beat him like a pinata. He was just trying to get home safely. Where was the humanity? They beat my son like a pinata. So the city of Memphis and even other cities around the country, including Austin and San Antonio, are bracing because they're going to release this video. And even though the cops have been charged and the wheels are turning very quickly in terms of uh, a trial, even though everyone involved is saying the right things from the chief to the district attorney to the governor and mayor, you know, the the X factor is, as we talked about this week with the Atlanta riots, the X factor is that you can you can ask a community, you can implore a community not to erupt, but the the eruptions we've seen going back to 2020 aren't people from those communities so you're you're talking to the community you're begging them to uh let the wheels turn but then there are people that don't care about any of that and don't care about the communities they attack and that's what i think 
it, no one wants to say this, so I'll just say it. What you're worried about are the people that won't listen or, or have any interest in what's actually happening because this is an opportunity for them. And they don't give a damn about Tyree Nichols. Tyree Nichols is just a, is just a, an, an opportunity for them. I hate to say that, but that's, that's what I think. So we're going to talk about that and what you think about, uh, the way this is going and the release of the video. I'm, I, I have to admit, I, and I, maybe I've missed a, a, an element of this story, but all day today, I've been wondering, why would you release something like this on a Friday night? Does that not seem strange? Maybe there's some obvious reason I don't know, and somebody will clue me in. Um, we have a lot to talk about. One other thing I want to mention quickly, and it's a political story today. Uh, I don't know if you heard this or not. Ronna McDaniel, the chair of the Republican National Committee, was just reelected just a couple of hours ago, overwhelmingly reelected uh, chairman of the Republican National Committee. She was reelected despite the fact that she's a loser. Uh, she is as the TV show says, the biggest loser. She has done nothing but lose since she became the chair of the DN- of the RNC. She uh, lost the 2018 midterms. She lost the 2020 presidential election. She lost the 2022 midterms. Over her watch, the party has lost a net of nine governorships, 19 seats in the House, and three U.S. Senate seats and the presidency. They have been out-fundraised by the Democrats. They have been out-candidate-recruited by the Democrats. They have been out-mediated by the Democrats. Ronna McDaniel has done nothing, period. And she will now be the longest-serving and most re-elected chair in the modern history of the Republican Party. So here, here's my question. If you call yourself a Republican, what the hell are they doing? What is this? I don't want to hear about Mike McCarthy. This makes Mike McCarthy look like the, like a Hall of Famer. This is rewarding failure. And you know if you're a Republican, they're going to be hitting you up for money yesterday and tomorrow, and every news, every news event is a peg for a fundraising email or a fundraising blast on your phone, and maybe you've sent money and maybe you've contributed and maybe you've been voting loyally and faithfully. She's a loser. Why are they rewarding a loser? What does that say about their desire to win? I understand you win with your candidates, but this is the person whose job it is to help get the best candidates, get the money for the candidates, build the the structure, and she's terrible at it. She has failed upward, and they just rewarded her. And, um, And she's a rhino. She, she used to be Ronna Romney McDaniel. She's a niece of Mitt Romney. She dropped his name when he became unpopular in the party. I mean, what kind of, what kind of low, low brow move is that? Like, you use his name when it's in vogue and, and you deny or pretend you don't know. I mean, it's, give me a break. I, I'm not hating on her personally. I've never met her. I don't have any connection to her, but, what are, what are Republicans thinking? Uh, Rolando uh, wrote to Jack at KTSA.com, who elects the RNC chair? Um, I think it's, um, well, I know it's the members of the Republican National Committee, and I think, and I, I could be a little off on my math here, but I think there are three 
committee members from each state. Uh, so plus the territories and stuff. So there's like 160, 170, uh, uh, people. And then, uh, from what I saw in the brief reading that I did this afternoon, she got 69% of that, of that vote to be reelected. Uh, but we're talking about that. We're talking about the body cam footage, uh, from the Pelosi house. We're talking about the Tyree Nichols video, which is not out yet, but the chief of Memphis, Tennessee is trying to prepare the public for that, as is Tyree Nichols family and attorney i watched the news conference with benjamin crump today everybody involved is saying the right things and saying them with dignity uh but there's a difference between what you say to your community and people that are just professional uh chaos agitator people uh there's no there's, there's not anything you could say to them 210-599-5555. Dev is on the radio. Dev, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I am doing fine. It's Friday. Yes, sir. You know, I I I just want to talk about the Nichols thing for a second. Uh, first of all, why are you releasing that video on a weekend when you know that it's going to cause tr- problems? Another thing is, is because he was killed by black cops, are we gonna? Are they gonna do the same thing for him that they did for the same way? Where is Black Lives Matter now when something like this happens? It's okay, or is it okay for us to be beat by black cops, but just not white cops? What I heard, I heard an interesting term that I, I've not been hearing much lately. But all of a sudden today, the term I kept hearing was uh, the police culture. So what they're gonna say, I think, is. The, the operative color here at Dev is blue. Oh, okay. So because you're so right, they can't. They can't. They can't run the same narrative. You can't run the same narrative here. Um, and no one is. De- I don't know anyone who's defending the actions of these officers. I mean, everyone who's familiar with the facts says this is like the worst. You know, this is like a something you're going to put in the training. It's so off the charts, but. I guess they're going to say um, that, that there's a culture. No matter who wears the uniform, is a culture. I'm I'm from that area, Memphis, West Memphis, Arkansas, and I'm going to tell you, it's been like that. And, and it's not mm-hmm. the cops. And to be honest with you, the people of our own race, the black cops, are the ones who were the worst on us, you know, than anybody else. So yeah. I don't think it's the culture. I just think it's the you, they they they're gonna try to spin some type of narrative in here, and I don't think I'm trying to hear it. A lot of people are not trying to hear it, but at the same point in time, is this guy had a lot more going for him than Floyd? What are they gonna do for him in the ma- in the aftermath of this when it's our own people that did this to him? You know, yeah. before they were saying, "Oh no, it's just the white cops that do this to black cops, mm-hmm. black people and stuff." Now, what can you possibly say? And it's not the blue, because I have well, a lot of cops that are very nice. So I understand what you're saying. I'm just telling you, if you're asking me what I think the narrative will be, <laughs> the narrative will be to attack all cops. Mm. I well, don't think that's right. So, I'm just, that's, what, that's what I think they will do. So are they going to allow the rioters to come from other states and do what they did up in uh, Portland and everywhere else? I, I have yet to see anybody stop that. That's what happened in Atlanta. That's what happens everywhere. 
whenever you see the list of people arrested, they're always from out of town and usually out of state. Out of state, that is, that is the problem. And then they get mad at people who try to help them and defend them. And, you know, but anyways, that's another subject. But I really appreciated that. I mean, that was my thoughts on it as a as an African or a black man. I just, I had to say it. And, you know, a lot of people won't agree with me and my race. But at the same point in time, they know in their hearts that it's right. It's just well, being honest. Why? I mean, if, if, if people think the answer, Dev, is that police departments need to reflect the makeup of the community, and in Memphis they pretty much do. In other words, the percentage mm-hmm. of of white to black cops is about the same as the percentage of the population, give or take. Um, if that's not the answer, then wh- why does something like this happen? They can't explain it. Uh, they, they will try to say it's just being having the badge on itself. So, I mean, at the same point in time, but then again, they can't say that all cops are bad, but they will try to spin it to where the cops in Memphis are just like that. The cops mm-hmm. in that yeah. area are like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just, uh, let's hope that in this case, maybe we're expecting the worst and we don't get it, but I know that's what everybody is expecting. Dev, thank you, sir, for the call. I appreciate it. Today saw the release of some of the body cam video from the Pelosi Home invasion. Tonight we'll see the release of the Tyree Nichols uh, video. It's also uh, it's also body cam uh, video, and they are preparing the community of Memphis, Tennessee, and the country for this video to be very bad. Um, I think a lot of people probably under a certain age really don't remember the Rodney King uh, beating. But that was an entirely different era also. I mean, you're talking about th- more than 30 years ago. This was a different country, you know. I mean, it, just in every aspect. And, of course, Rodney King lived. Um, but the uh, the events of his beating led to uh, deadly riots in Los Angeles and other cities. And... Um, you have the police chief, Carolyn Davis, in Memphis saying she believes this is worse. So um, I I want to just make a point about, and I, I'm not saying this because I, I know more about it than has been released or I have inside information. I know what you know. I mean, I read what you read. I can't help but think, I can't help but think that no matter how bad these cops may have been, and it sounds like they were horrible, I can't help but think it's illogical, and that's maybe not the right word, but It's illogical to call for the defunding of the police, but to want better training of police. What I heard today from the family, from the attorney for the family, Benjamin Crump, and and what I've heard from other people this week about the Tyree Nichols incident is that we need better police training. Well, you cannot be for defunding the police and be for better police training. That is like saying that you want, um, you know, more food for less price. You're not going to get it. We have to decide. I don't mean you and me. I mean, society has to decide if policing is something to be invested in and if excellence in policing is so important that you will pay any price to get it or whether we want the cheap and easy out of defunding the police, in which case what you will get are bottom feeders, low-hanging fruit, uh, people that are not the best, people that are not 
equipped or trained to handle or react in the best way, that's what you will get. I mean, it just seems obvious to me. And and it's true of anything. It's true in your business. It's true in my business. If you de-emphasize the, the bar, the hiring bar, and if you de-emphasize the training, and if you start throwing people in the situations they're underqualified for, bad things will happen. You know, maybe bad things like Barney Fife bad, but maybe bad things like Deadly bad. So defund the police is not only something I disagree with, I find it infuriating. Because the very same people who have said it and called for it and done it are now going to say, but we've got to have more training. Better training. Make up your mind. That is not to say, I am not making an excuse for what they did. I'm not saying they couldn't help themselves. Throw the book at them if they did this. But going forward, you can't have both. 210-599-5555. As we get uh, ready for that release, we get your reaction to the Pelosi story. I don't don't know. To me, we were just talking off the air, Don Cooper and I. I I don't find the 911 call too complicated um i'm pretty sure i've listened to it several times today i'm pretty sure that what you're hearing there is a a man who is terrified and in the presence of his assailant and cannot say what he wants to say so he is hinting at it in the hopes that he'll get help now, I don't know how they came together. I mean, there's also video of this guy swinging some object and breaking a window, so it looks like he broke in. I don't know what, if any, shared history there is. I don't know. None of us really know what happened in that house before the police came. There's a lot of weirdness to this. I'm not really understanding. But I think what, by the time Paul Pelosi's calling 911, he's, he's scared. That's what I think's going on there. And, you know, th- this may be just what it looks like. This may be a crazy person broke into your house and did crazy stuff. If that's hard for people to swallow, it's because of the secrecy and the covering up and the conspiracy theories and the, and frankly, the, the brazen attempt by Nancy Pelosi and others to manipulate this for, uh, you know, pre-midterm election benefit. You know, if, if this had been played straight, either treated as, as simply a crime, a criminal story, or if this had been uh, treated with transparency, if they had not tried to um, manipulate and mold the dissemination of the information we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. We'd just be talking about, you know, an insane person did an insane thing. And that may still be what it is. But the the, the fog of war here is fog created by politicians. 210-599-5555 or jack at ktsa.com. We also uh, noted the re-election of Ronna McDaniel. I... I'm not trying to discourage you or change your... If you're a Republican, if you identify as a Republican, I'm not trying to take that on. 
but you really have to ask yourself, what is the commitment to victory here? What is the commitment to winning here? She's adult. Okay? She's not bright. She's not capable. Now you can say, well, maybe she's a figurehead. Maybe there's really sharp people underneath her. Well, then why are you keeping her? She's not good on television. She's flip-flopped all over the place. She was against Trump before she was for him. Ron DeSantis came out and said, look, we need new blood. I'm sure he spoke for a lot of people who just didn't want to say it out loud. Why would you keep somebody like that? I mean, why would you keep her longer than you've ever kept someone in that job? Does that make sense to you? I mean, I'm looking for the, what, what am I missing here? <laughs> I mean, there's, I, I, you know, whether you measure it by success, by fundraising, uh, by messaging, I don't, I'm not seeing it. And so what I, I kind of wonder, and I've said this before, and I know some people don't like to hear it, are the Republican, is the Republican establishment just trying to stay Number two, are they just more comfortable not winning? Would they just rather not be in charge? I don't mean you, and I don't mean some of their... I'm not talking about Trump or DeSantis. Or, I'm talking about the the permanent bureaucracy, the permanent, you know, the swamp, okay, of the Republican Party. Maybe they just really don't want to win. Maybe they're afraid of having to, to get stuff done. Maybe they like making the promises and describing the problems, sending out the fundraising letters. But they really don't want to have to do it. Is that possible? I mean, that's what it looks like to me. And you have to change that if you don't want history to repeat itself. So we've got the Pelosi video. We're awaiting the Tyree Nichols video talking about those things in the news. 210 599 55. Did you hear the Jay Leno news? He's okay, but he broke multiple bones in a motorcycle accident. Apparently, this was uh, several days ago. We're just hearing about it. Um, but he uh, had, you know, had just recently suffered those severe burns. I think what last month? I think uh, in a car fire, and was recovering and had recovered from that. Made a full recovery uh, from that, and now has been injured again. Uh, falling off his motorcycle, broken collarbones, ribs, kneecaps. Um, so I'm, I think we need to start a GoFundMe account. Maybe like, um, could we get him like a Lego set or a stamp collection? Or I love Jay Leno, but I mean, you need to just do something kind of low impact for a while, you know, like enjoy life, but something you can't, you know, coin collecting. <laughs> You know, maybe, maybe, maybe like competitive poker. I don't know something. You know, just he's like Danger Man. You know, I mean, it's it's too much. He's How ra- old is he? Wrap himself up with some bubble wrap. Something I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So anyway, um, y'all know who Don Lemon is, right? Don Lemon is the CNN guy. Not the sharpest knife in the drawer is Don Lemon. Uh, he's been whining uh, about um, Florida. He went there, and uh, he is very concerned uh, because he says Florida reminds him of the 1950s, which is a neat trick because Don Lemon was born in 1966. It feels like the 50s all over again, he said recently in a rant on CNN. Here's what it sounded like, cut number one. 
Poppy, this is bizarre. What, I know. What are I we, know. What are we doing here? I mean, this, I feel like we're going back. I feel like I'm watching a bad version of, like, Pleasantville, where you're... I, I don't get what's happening. It feels like the 1950s all over again with, like, book banning. This is this yeah. is cancel culture from people who are, I guess they just want our kids to be ignorant and to control mm. the teachers. It is... Who, wait, uh, this a is minute, wait a minute. Who who wants our kids to be ignorant and easily controlled? Who was who would that be? Who is who's the they there? Because Don is singing for my songbook there. I mean, I could duet with him on that. Look, here's what he's reacting to or emoting to. They have a law that says it it is a felony. Uh, and the education secretary, Manny Diaz in Florida, came out and talked about this. It is a felony if a school, a teacher, or any adult uh, distributes or promotes uh, material that depicts certain sexual conduct like bestiality or sadomasochism. And um, I, I, I don't know if maybe there's a, a an alternate argument that maybe you think those things have educational value or not but what what he's talking about what what the law is talking about is that those topics are inappropriate for people under a certain age okay so you can't put it in the curriculum you can't put it in the school library okay and again we may disagree about that you I'm fine with that, but you, you may you may think they should for some reason. However, that is not book banning. There's a huge difference between that and book banning. Banning a book versus approving or disapproving its inclusion in a school are two different things, and anyone with half a brain can see that. Book bans mean you cannot buy it. You cannot order it. You You just cannot have it. And I don't support banning books, ever. It is, to use an overused adjective, it is un-American. No matter who does it. This isn't a book ban. Can someone in Florida order the book on Amazon.com? Yes, they can. Can they buy it from their local borders or independent bookstore? Yes, they can. Are they uh, breaking the law if they walk around on the street with it tucked under their arm? No, they're not. May they read it anywhere in Florida? Yes, they may. So that's a book ban. This is not a book ban. And by the way, what is it about the 1950s with low-watt brains like Don Lemon? Why whenever people want to, uh, in, in, you know, sort of uh, criticize or invoke criticism, it's always the 1950s. It seems like kind of a historical crutch. It's like they reach for some decade. Oh, we'll just call it like the 50s. I wasn't alive in the 50s either. But if you want the truth, the 1950s in the United States was a place of strong confidence in democracy, capitalism. By the way, in the 1950s, the world had confidence in America. The 1950s were an artistic, groundbreaking decade. Think about it. Just think of the music. Uh, The 50s were a decade of ardent religious revival. The 50s were a decade of racial progress, incredibly fast technological breakthroughs, 
why does all that scare the left so much? Or did I just answer the question? I think maybe I did. Hey, I heard uh, I heard Joe Reinagle mention D'Amico Ryan's for uh, the Texans. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure I would wish the Texans on him, but I do think <laughs> I do think I think he's one of the best sort of of the people available or being talked about. I mean, he's done a he's done a brilliant job um, in San Francisco, and he's a smart football guy. So I hope he gets a head coaching job somewhere. I'd like to see him get it, but like you said, it's the Texans. And I think they've got a lot of draft capital to work with. But with a guy like D'Amico Ryans, the question that you've got to kind of you know bounce back and forth is, is he the reason the defense is so good, or mm-hmm. is the talent already there? In other words, can he coach? Because he's got right. a lot of talent right now, but right. is he as good a coach? I guess we're about to find we'll, out. We'll never know till we till we try him, right? That's right. That's I'd right. rather try. Look, I'd rather try him than try some guy that's already done it a few times and been terrible at it, which is what we usually do, right? Frank Reich. So, <laughs> I mean, it's the they got the Rooney Rule, so a team has a vacancy, they interview a black candidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they hire some guy, some white guy that's been a coach before and not very good. Yeah. That's. 90% of the time, that's what happens. Yeah, with D'Amico Ryan, I think you've got a guy whose arrow is pointing up. Yeah, give him a try. Give him a, show. Give him a shot, you know. And if yep. it doesn't work, he can go back to being a defensive coordinator. All right, it's Dad Joke Friday. Um, and if you have a dad joke, 210-599-5555. It's not that we're only going to do dad jokes. Uh, we're going to keep rolling here. But uh, if you have a dad joke, uh, we do this uh, every so many weeks. I don't think we've done one yet this year. So... Uh, I got a couple of good ones from my former boss, Bill Garcia. He, 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 by the way, he's retired and he posts dad jokes all day. Maybe Jay Leno <laughs> should look into that. Yeah. That might be a good thing for Jay Leno to start doing. So here's one from Bill. Um, Freddie Mercury, Venus Williams, and Bruno Mars walk into a bar. They didn't plan it that way. Plan it. Mm. I feel I've dumb. crossbred I've crossbred a homing pigeon with a crocodile that'll probably come back to bite me. <laughs> All right. So Woo. I didn't want to put you on the spot unless you already have one. Yeah, I've got one. Okay. So my son comes up to me about a week ago. He says, "Dad, did you know your pupils are the last part to stop working when you die?" Hmm. I said, no. I said, How do you know that? He says, well, they die late. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Very good. Said, How old are you again? Yeah. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I want you to get all joke. your dad jokes from him from now on. <laughs> really? That needs, to be your, that needs to be the hookup. All right, 210-599-5555 uh, on KTSA. And on the JR poll, we're also, and we haven't really talked about this yet, but uh, tomorrow is the uh, anniversary of Challenger, 37 years ago. So we're asking about that on the JR poll. I'm going to talk about that a little bit uh, coming up. Uh, 210-599-5555. We've got uh, a lot going on, obviously. There's a weird story. I was reading this uh, this week. This is uh, from England. There's a woman in England whose husband has been dead for nine years. Okay. Her name is, uh, I think her name is Lucy. 
she saw a television ad for a restaurant, and she is absolutely convinced that her husband is in the vi- the video of people eating in the restaurant. And the people that made it are saying, no, we... We shot. We just shot this. This video was made recently. And because when she saw it, all she could think of was, was he in that restaurant prior to 2014? And did they use video? And, and the owner of the restaurant and the owner of the production company are all saying, nope, nope, no. Nope. We made the video recently. The owner of the restaurant uh, is saying it's an Indian restaurant. Uh, he's saying, no, we had a completely different decor and layout and uh, everything. Um, no one can explain it, but this man in the video, his name is Harry Doherty, uh, looks just like, well, I mean, the man in the video looks just like Harry Doherty, so it's kind of weird. Is it a hoax? Is he not dead? Is, does he have a twin? Don't they say we all have a twin? I feel bad for my twin. Poor guy. But, I mean, they say that, right? They always say, oh, there's always somebody, doppelganger, I think is the word, right? There's always somebody. Everybody has someone out there. Yours may be in another country or another part of the world or on the next block. You don't know. It's kind of weird, right? 210-599-5555. No one's ever explained, when they say everyone has a twin, no one's ever explained, well, why would that be? Like, why Why would I have it? Why? Why would we all have someone... We don't know who's not related to us, who looks just like us. I guess that's a question we can ask when we get up to the up to the big guy. Um, 210-599-5555 as we grab some dad jokes here before we get a look at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. All right, Ed has a dad joke. Ed, I'm ready. All right. Yeah, so it ends up I took the day off yesterday. Landscaper came by. I ended up having to let him go. Uh Turns out he just wasn't cutting it. Oh, the landscaper. Had I let him go, he wasn't cutting it. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate that. Uh, Brian with a dad joke on a Friday afternoon. Hi, Brian. Hey, Jack. So why did the chicken go to the gym? Why did the chicken go to the gym? I don't know. Why? To work on his pecs. You know, you're always worried when it's a chicken joke, but that one was really very good. I like that, working on his pecs. Uh, Jack has a dad joke on KTSA. Hey, Jack. Uh, yes, uh, yes, Jack. Uh, before I go, I just want to suggest to you that the way to define a dad joke is by uh, its corniness. I think mm. that's the best way yeah. you can call it. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, like here, here it is. Uh, how did... Uh, Ukrainians, Ukrainians, Zelensky expressed his satisfaction to all the countries that gave him those numerous military tanks. How did the president of Ukraine express his satisfaction to all the countries that gave him military tanks? I don't know how. He he, he expressed his, his appreciation by saying, "Tanks a lot." Tanks a lot, <laughs> even though. Even though I, I did see that coming, I was happy when it arrived. You know what I mean? So that's good, Jack. Thank you. And yeah, corniness, absolutely. Because you know what? Dads are always, we're always making our kids roll their eyes. 
So a dad joke is a joke that makes people roll their eyes. There you go. So we're doing some dad jokes on a dad joke Friday. Um, guy says, I didn't like my beard at first. Then it grew on me. Uh, here's one from, uh, you can email them to me, jack at ktsa.com. Uh, MS writes, how do you make an egg roll? How do you make an egg roll? You push it. What do you call a dinosaur with a big vocabulary? A thesaurus. So you get the idea, right? Uh, Bruce asked, do you have to be a dad to tell dad jokes? Absolutely not. No. Anyone can do it. Men, women. You can have kids. You can not have kids. You can not know if you have kids. None of my business. Dad jokes are for everyone. 210-599-5555. As we talk about dad jokes and um, everything else that's going on in the world and in our lives these days on KTSA. Um, the, uh, the dish is coming up after 6. If you're new to our show... Uh, we talk about restaurants in the last hour of the last show of the week, so 6 o'clock on Friday. It's just a chance to talk about a place you've tried or a place you really love or to tell a story about how a restaurant experience went bad, went off the rails, and we'll take those calls to praise or zing restaurants in the 6 o'clock hour. So that's where we're going here this afternoon. It's going to be go. It's going to go by fast, so get in on that. Kelly has a dad joke for us right now. Hi, Kelly. Hello there. I was I'm wondering. ready. Okay, how do you know when a joke is a dad joke? How do you know when a joke is a dad joke? I don't know how. When it becomes apparent. Oh, very nice. I like it. It becomes apparent. Uh, What did the evil chicken lay? What did the evil chicken lay? Deviled eggs. Did you hear they arrested the devil? Have you heard this? They arrested the devil. They got him on possession. I'm here all week. Actually, I'm here all week. Uh, Eric has a dad joke on KTSA. Hi, Eric. Hi. What do you call a newly impregnated cow? A newly impregnated cow? I don't know what. Caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. That's that might be the best one we've heard so far. Caffeinated. I like it. I wish I could remember all these. Don't you find yourself wishing? These are like these jokes, the good ones, are like those like withering comebacks. You know how you always think of a comeback when it's too late? Like you're no longer in the situation and you're like, Oh, I wish I had thought to say this, or I wish I had come back at her with that. Dad jokes are kind of like that. You wish you could remember all of them, but uh in some cases, maybe it's a blessing that you can't, right? 210-599-5555. Um, they were celebrating the Lunar New Year at the White House uh, yesterday. Um, President Biden was uh, bragging about how this was the biggest Lunar New Year event ever held at the White House. And... Um, it uh, it it kind of got weird. He um he he he's not had a great week. He went somewhere this week and gave a speech. 
and he kept asking about a guy named Doug and referring to a guy named Doug, and no one knew who he was talking about, and it turned out it was a congressman named Don Beyer, who he himself did not even know Biden was talking about him because he kept saying Doug. Um, but in this ceremony or this night of entertainment, the real story was um, First Lady Jill Biden. When she wasn't pushing Joe away from reporters asking questions about classified documents, she was dragging him up on stage. Take a listen to this, cut number three. <laughs> Come on up, Joe. <laughs> no, you're not going to dance, believe me. We don't want to ruin the evening. Hmm. Um. I'm I'm not hating on her. I'm not. I don't I don't have any ill will toward her. I'll just say this. Uh she's running this guy. I don't know if she's running the country or running the administration, but she's running Joe Biden. She keeps a tight leash on him. She pushes him away from the press at every opportunity. She protects him from situations where he can go astray. We've never seen a first lady so overtly do this and 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 not even michelle obama who was often considered the most powerful person in her husband's inner circle tried to put herself between the president and the public the way jill biden does i am not again hating on her when i say this but is isn't her behavior tacit recognition that he is not completely up to this in other words think about your own marriage okay the only, or, or 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 a couple you know think about a couple you know the only reason you would tolerate someone acting like this a husband or a wife would be because you knew that they had to right like she needs him to protect her he needs her to shield him that that's really it I mean, it's right out in the open. There's countless examples of it. I'm just citing one. It's there, you know. And um, it's kind of amazing to me how everybody sees it, but we're not supposed to see it, right? 210-599-5555. Here's a piece that ran in the New York Times. Uh, Why the new obesity guidelines for kids terrify me. Um, it's an op-ed piece that argues that if we destigmatize child obesity, we will fight anti-fat bias. And I don't know if you've heard me talk about this before, and I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but I, 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 I this is very personal for me. Okay. Because anti-fat bias is a good thing when it's your fat. You should be... If it, What I'm trying to say is, if you want to lose weight, if you've been told you need to lose weight, if you're going to be sick or die, if you do not, you should have anti-fat bias. I don't want you to judge or hate on anybody else, but destigmatizing it? What the hell does that mean? That'd be like me saying we need to destigmatize COVID or, you know, people go crazy, right? What are you talking about? 
what are we doing here pretending we don't know what we know? And isn't it also interesting that a publication like the New York Times would print an essay suggesting that we should not tamper with or interfere with the health of children, yet isn't that exactly what we are doing when we are grooming them to be trans and secretly change their pronouns at school? Where is the concern there? I guess I believe that you care about children when I see that you care about children all across the board. So what they're doing is they're saying we shouldn't have obesity guidelines for kids. Well, I don't know the numbers, but when I look around, and I don't know if you see this, it seems like there are more and more children who who really are out of shape. I don't exactly know. We've talked about this before. I don't know all the reasons. Is it is it our diet? Is it video games? Is it not enough exercise? Is it helicopter parents that don't let kids ride their bikes around and go to the park by themselves? I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of all those things. You see it. You look around, you see it. And it makes you sad. Um, some of these kids are going to be diabetic or already are. Some of them are going to have, um, are going to be made fun of. They're going to be, uh, uncomfortable in their own clothes. They're going to struggle with this. And all I'm saying is, d- d- certainly let's not demonize them, but let's not pretend, hey, it's, be any shape. It's okay. No. No. So uh, there are things that are there are things that maybe kids should not do that maybe adults would do. I mean adults when they're trying to lose weight do intermittent fasting and bariatric uh surgeries and take medicines and teas and and, and you don't want kids messing with that stuff. But I just don't like the idea that we're going to sort of pretend we don't know or pretend that there's no harm. Uh, there's a huge difference between loving people as they are and acknowledging truth. You can do both. We do it every day with the people we love the most. You love them as they are, and you acknowledge truth. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out there, see what you think. You've waited all week. You've been waiting. Monday, you got through it Tuesday, you got through it Wednesday, you started to smell it Thursday, you were right on top of it, and now it's here! It's Friday! It's time to rock and roll! Break out the speakers! Blow your car's engine up! Get home, get to your stop, and get ready to rock because it's Friday! whoa I know we had a Friday a week ago, but it seems like months since we had Friday. I don't know about you, but it feels overdue. You've earned it. All right, coming up after 6, The Dish, 210-599-5555 is the number to join the show, talk about stuff, or to hit us with a dad joke. It's Dad Joke Friday 210-599-5555. This, I want to ask this question because, um, I don't know, we may have some people in the car business out there. And I'm just curious. And this is just something that happened to me and I'm just wondering about it. So I had to, I had to replace my car recently. And 
I went online and I was looking at, I'm, I'm buying a used car, I bought a used car. So I'm looking at used cars and the way you buy used cars these days is you look online and there's all these different places and when you're interested in a car, you either click on something or you fill out a little, like a little online form. And basically what you're doing is you are putting in your notice or your interest in the car. The idea being that they can text you, email you, call you about the car. So I did this with um, several cars. I was looking at some very specific models and years, but wherever I found those, I, I did this. And it was really kind of a, a cluster, you know? Like, there were a couple that were very uh, good and responsive. There were several that were very slow to respond or did only, like, these automated responses that you couldn't answer. Because I wanted to ask questions. I wanted to set up a time to go see the car. These cars were not all in San Antonio. They were in other cities. You know, maybe New Braunfels or wherever. And, and then there were there were several that just never responded to it at all. I don't know how cars are being sold nowadays because I'm not in the business of selling them. But I thought it was very weird that they don't have, um, they don't have this down to a science. And the only thing I could think of was, and if you know, tell me, maybe they just get bombarded, they just get flooded with people like me. Because admittedly, I did, I did click on like a dozen cars. And maybe if everybody does that, it's, there's too many and they can't figure out who's serious and they can't. But I know that dealers have people that are, whose job it is to, you know, do internet sales. Obviously, they've built the, the system, right? They've built the infrastructure. You've got the, the form on the website. It's a pretty smart thing to do because nowadays when you buy a used car, if you want a deal and you want to be very specific about the model, the year, the mileage, you have to go out. You can't, you can't say, well, I'm, I'm going to buy it here in the neighborhood. You know, you got to, you got to spread your net wide. It, it was, it was mind blowing to me how bad the response was. And it's so automated. I, I've already bought a car. So now when people are, when I'm getting these, I'm getting some of these people, I'm getting an email like every day or two a day. And when you go to respond and go, Hey, thanks anyway, but I've already bought a car. You can't this because Ruben or whoever is not a real person. And I just, I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know how that's, I don't know how that works. 210-599-5555. It's a fascinating problem to me because I want to understand how it could be better. It makes sense to do it, but they're not doing it very well. And um, the other thing I found very interesting, and I, if you haven't been in the car market lately, um, it is now, I guess, the norm, they were telling me, it is now the norm that people are... Um, selling the car to these buyers and then and then going and getting a car they pretty much tell you at the dealerships to do that i remember when they wanted you to trade it and of course 
if you traded it, you were going to get less money, but they wanted you to trade it. They're, they're pretty much telling you, at least the, the guys I dealt with, the companies I dealt with, they're pretty much telling you, go, go, you know, unload the car over here, over there. Um, they were telling me where I would get the best price and they were right. Uh, but that's, that's now pretty much, uh, the norm. So that's what I did with the, the outgoing car and then bought the, the incoming car. But anyway, 210-599-5555 or jack at ktsa.com. Talking about, uh, our JR poll question. We're talking dad jokes. We've got the dish coming up after six. I mentioned, uh, Challenger. Tomorrow is the 37th anniversary of Challenger. Were you watching when that happened? On January 28th, 1986, were you by a television or the radio? Um, I was. I remember it really vividly. I've always thought that the Challenger disaster was um, kind of like, I mean, it, not only chronologically, but sort of psychologically, it was somewhere between the Kennedy assassination and 9-11. It had that kind of unify the country, shock, horror, disbelief feel to it. And when I was thinking about this today, I can't help but think when you look back at things like JFK or Challenger, 9-11, the country did not turn on itself. People did not turn on each other, politically or otherwise. And here we are sitting here tonight wondering what's going to happen in Memphis and maybe other cities. We now expect that we will divide and separate and be factions on, on, on almost everything. And I'm not likening the, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying the death of Tyree Nichols was like the Challenger disaster. Obviously they're two different things, but we seem to be losing the ability to recognize a moment as all of us think this is wrong or all of us think this is terrible or all of us are shocked. We're, we're together in this. We're shoulder to shoulder. I mean, Challenger was controversial in the aftermath because remember they investigated the O-rings and did the, was there pressure to launch and did they, not listen to the people warning about the weather and the rubber seals that would be brittle in the cold. It was very cold in Florida, stuff like that. But that, that came later. But in the moment and in the hours and days that followed, it was everybody was in the same, you know, place. The, um, the, the thing I remember about it, I was in a radio station. And um, we had it on, but we were it was a music station, so we were not covering it, like on the air. But immediately they took they changed the music, they took a bunch of songs off, they uh, they looked at everything they were, they were had on the air, they looked at every announcement, every commercial. They were just it was like everybody wanted to put the right foot forward and only say the right things. And the other thing I'll always remember about Challenger, and this was just a weird coincidence, so Krista McAuliffe, that teacher who died with the other six astronauts, she was going to be the first teacher in space, 
she was from Concord, New Hampshire. My part-time job back then, 1986, was at the, the radio station in Concord, New Hampshire. There were only a few of them, and this was one of them. And um, I forget what day of the week it happened. I worked on weekends there, so it happened on a weekday. When I went up there that weekend, they were extreme. It, it, it was the first time I'd ever been on the air in a community that was in mourning. I was very new to radio. I'd only been radio a couple of years. But I remember the guys that ran it were very specific about the music, what you say, how you say it. You were basically supposed to um, just wrap everything in respect. And um, I felt like I was walking on eggshells. I don't say that to complain. I say it felt like a very serious responsibility. It was really the first time I'd ever seen anything or been in anything like that. And and it, it was very personal. Concord's a, a small, it's the capital city of New Hampshire, but it's a very small city. And pretty much everyone knew her in Concord. So um, that was 37 years ago as of tomorrow, believe it or not. All right, uh, the dish coming up after 6, 210-599-5555 on KTSA, Jack Riccardi. And we uh, were asking on the JR poll about um, Challenger. It's 37 years tomorrow that that happened and is on ktsa and good afternoon hi jack happy friday happy friday um, i was actually a, i was a senior at trinity university doing my student teaching at west avenue elementary school mm. in miss saldana's fourth grade class and we had those tvs on the roll around carts and i had it plugged in we watching it and they they say something like at 16 seconds or 32 seconds like go it throttle up Mm-hmm. And then I saw it, just that fireball. And I get chills thinking about it. Just talking about it right now, I have chills all over me. Mm. And, of course, we were watching it because it was a teacher. And, like you said, 37 years later, it still is so impactful to me. And we just turned the TV off because, we you know, we didn't, I knew something was wrong. And, I, and the kids were asking questions. And I said, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and find out. And Yeah. It, yeah. It's a, such a tragedy. Such a tragedy. But what brave people they, they were, you know. They they really were, and I I remember her uh, her parents, uh, Krista McAuliffe's parents and family, so much dignity, and they spent so much time trying to make other people feel better, when really we all should have been making them feel better, you know. Yeah. But because because well, everybody wanted people, people, everyone who knew her said she wanted to do this, and she. Yeah, uh, yeah, knew the you know knew the risks and took the risks yeah. and but it was it was shocking because yeah. as you say it was yeah. it was something that it it was the most interested probably the children had ever been in the mm-hmm. shuttle program you know it it was yeah. on in every classroom. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Like you, I, I remember that day really really vividly, and the days that followed going up to uh, going up to Concord. That was. A very just a very strange. I only worked there for about a year. It just happened to be around that time. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five on KTSa. Um, big story today: the release of the Pelosi body cam footage. But tonight, the body cam footage in the Tyree Nichols uh, case is coming out in Memphis. William is calling in on KTSa. William, good afternoon. Hi, Jack. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. How you doing? I'm good, thank you so much. Uh, I just wanted to s- express my opinion about these um, videos that come out. If 
it seems like it's more like a Sunday night football type of thing coming now where you hear it all over the news and people are gaming up for it almost. And I know it doesn't need to be that way. Mm-hmm. I just hope we can change it to where it's okay. They did bad things. Let's, let's uh, go ahead and correct it. They have already been suspended, fired, reprimanded, and we can move forward instead of it being a, a show and a riot. You know what I mean? I agree with you, but I think I think you have to separate out. There's people that what you just said will that will make sense to people in that community, even in that even in in, in Tyree's family. But then you have people who are professional chaos producers, and they're not interested in sitting back and seeing what happens. Or that this is an this is an opportunity for them, and that's how they see it, and that's how they're going to treat it. I don't think you can do anything about that other than be ready for them. May I ask, do we need to publicize it as much as they are? Do you mean, should it be released or should the, or should we be announcing that it's going to be released? Should we be announcing this is the time everybody pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. I guess the reason we know, and I, I'm, I'm not, I don't recall it being handled like this in the past, but I'm guessing that the reason we know is because we also know all the precautions, not precautions, but uh, what am I trying to say? All the preparations that are being made. You know, you have the National Guard, you have extra policing, you have bar- barricades. Other cities have put extra, uh, you know, police personnel on tonight, including Austin. So I guess if we know that, it, it's kind of hard to keep that out of the news, right? Yes, sir. And thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you, William. I appreciate the call, and I, I I appreciate your sentiments. I do. Um, I wish this could be different. I hope and pray that maybe it will be different, and maybe we'll reconvene on Monday and say, okay, that wasn't as as bad as as was feared. But we'll see. Bees and cornbread. Bees and cornbread. Bees and cornbread. Beans and cornbread had a fight. Beans, Beans not cornbread out of sight. Beans. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Beans. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'm all right, here we go on a Friday night. It's I'm The Dish. We're talking restaurants on this hour of the show. And you can tell me about your most recent restaurant experience. It can be in and around San Antonio or anywhere uh, around South Texas. It can be any kind of restaurant. It could be breakfast, lunch, dinner, drive through delivery, dine-in. Um, it could be a new restaurant. It could be one that's new to you. You went for the first time. It could be you're singing, uh, you know, singing the praises of an old familiar favorite place. Uh, but on the dish, we're talking about your most recent restaurant experience and you can praise or zing. We're sick. We're sick. What did you think? Sick. <laughs> <laughs> 210-599-5555 as we take your calls on the dish. We're talking restaurants. And, of course, your votes in the JR poll. We'll have the results on the poll at the end of the hour. Uh, 210-599-5555. Now, I should mention we're also keeping an eye on Memphis, Tennessee right now, where they are just getting the video out. Um, as has been promised all day, and of course, people wondering why you would wait till uh, nightfall on a Friday to do this, but for whatever reason they have or they are, and um, we'll keep an eye on that story uh, throughout the night and obviously weekend. 
Uh, but phone lines open on the dish, uh, 210-599-5555. Somebody just asked me the other day, um, how long have you been doing the dish? And, you know, I'm actually a little hazy on that because when we started taking restaurant calls, it was like a once-in-a-while thing. And this was in, uh, like, the late 90s. And so it's that far back that we were doing it. But as far as a regular weekly thing uh for a while it was it was thursdays and then it was fridays and um i would say on the regular at least since 2002 so over 20 years but uh even a little further back than that 210-599-5555 any kind of food any kind of restaurant your praise or zing and not a review not you know just the way you would talk about it to a friend or a co-worker or something like that is what we're doing there was a story today i don't know if you drink this stuff about fireball you drink fireball um they make those uh hot like spicy cinnamon whiskeys and i don't know if you've ever seen it but they sell the little like airplane size bottles in convenience stores and gas stations and what have you. There's been a lawsuit in Chicago against the makers of Fireball because apparently when you buy the little bottle, there's no actual whiskey. (laughs) I didn't know that. I don't drink it, so I don't care. But uh, the uh, plaintiffs alleged and have proven, apparently, that what's inside those bottles has the flavoring, but doesn't actually have the whiskey. And all I could think of was, there's got to be somebody out there who has pretended to be drunk off of this stuff, and there really wasn't anything in it. So, I hope that wasn't you. 210-599-5555 as we talk restaurants on the dish on a Friday night. Let's start with Brian on the dish. Hey, Brian, happy Friday. Hey, how are you, sir? Good. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Hey, Good. I took What's my up? wife to the, um, to the uh, Roots Chris over there. What is that hotel? The Hyatt there on the Riverwalk for our 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I had a reservation at a certain time. We went. They told us that to wait at the bar. 45 minutes later, I finally was ready to leave, and they, I went and talked to them. They pushed their table. Um, I'm not supposed to eat red meat right now because I'm trying to get my iron levels down, so I ordered lamb. Didn't have any lamb. Ordered the pork. Uh, it wasn't very good. I was just very, very um, disappointed in Ruth Chris. So, I, huh. you know, I, I've had a good meal there before, but... That one there just really... Was that your first time at that location of Ruth's, Chris? No, sir. Okay, so you've been to that actual one before, and it was good before, but this time it wasn't. Yep. Yeah, I wonder wonder what was going on. I don't know. It just seemed like like they just kind of forgot about us, left us at the bar, you know, just, just... you know, for what you pay at Ruth's Chris, you, you want service, and it just wasn't there. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, having to wait 45 minutes when you have a reservation is unacceptable all by itself, I think. I don't know. Oh, exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, unless you're talking about some, you know, crazy night where you've got like the NBA finals or it's New Year's Eve or something, even then it would be too long. But yeah. you're saying even after they seated you, the service and the food just wasn't up to, up to par. The service was okay, you know, the, the guy yeah. that served us was, was good, you know, and they gave us a free appetizer for waiting, but oh, okay. just the food just was not, uh, yeah. wasn't what I expected, you know, from, from Maurice Chris, but yeah. anyway, you know, maybe it'll be better next time. I'll, I'll go back probably, um, you know, I don't go there much cause it's just, right. I'm not a rich man. It's high dollar. Right. <laughs> right. No, I understand. Have you ever, uh, have you ever tried Bohannon's on uh, Houston street? I have not, but maybe next time we'll go there. Yeah, it's 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 a local version of that kind of place. You know, it's very high end. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's across the street from the Majestic Theater on on Houston, and it's you know the chef owns it. It's a it's just one of those can't miss kind of very special places. And if you maybe if Ruth's Chris is getting a little too corporate, maybe maybe for the next anniversary, try Bohannon's. Yeah, sounds like a winner. You know what I was really trying to go to was that the way to the heart because we went to that one time and it was great. I've heard good things about that. Yeah, yeah. I called in one time, talked about it, but it just wasn't open for our anniversary date. So, gotcha. What anniversary was it, by the way? Act twenty fifth. Oh, happy, happy! That's a big one. Happy twenty fifth anniversary, Brian. I hope the next one has a better, a better meal, and many happy more happy years. Thank you, Brian. Great job. Uh, A zing, though, for Ruth's Chris. We're saved. We're saved. What did you think? Saved. Jerry Jones is not even happy. All right. Yeah, that's a, a zing for the one at the Grand Hyatt location, 600 East Market. Um, our last call on Ruth's Chris was May of 2021. Uh, our last zing uh, goes all the way back to 2016 for Ruth's Chris. So most of them are praise calls. It, it, we get a lot of uh, these calls that um, involve like a special occasion like you know, the gentleman has 25th anniversary. And I think, I think part of that, obviously every day, a lot of people are celebrating something, but I, I think that's when you kind of, you go to a place you don't normally go to. You go in with a different set of expectations. It sort of hits harder, not only because you're spending more money, because usually at a special occasion restaurant, it's, it's more money, but also because you're, you know, you kind of, you don't get like a do over. It's not like you can say, well, if, Friday night's dinner was not so great. Next Friday night will be better, or tomorrow night will be better. Because, you know, anniversaries don't come along but once a year, or birthdays, or graduations. or So I think people, that that triggers a lot of the calls that we get on the dish. And and it can be that, or it can just be where you had lunch today, or someplace you like to sing the praises of. 210-599-5555. I think Ruth's Chris also has that you know it has that brand identity like it's kind of like the uh it's the place to go if you don't know where to go right special occasion kind of thing but i don't you know maybe maybe that's maybe they're riding on their laurels a little or resting on their laurels a little i don't know i've never had a bad experience there i've had a couple of experiences that i thought were just okay you know not mind blowing it wouldn't be my first choice for that kind of an event. 210-599-5555. We're also getting your votes in on the JR poll. And we are keeping an eye on um, on Memphis and the release of the Tyree Nichols arrest.
video, which has been anticipated with anxiety all week and is now uh, hitting the public, hitting the airwaves, hitting the Internet. Um, it, it is as bad as it was described. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't. I'm not saying you you should rush over and look at it because it's 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 rough to see, but it's they weren't exaggerating what you'll see on it. Anyway, uh, so we're we're waiting to see what will happen in Memphis and other places, and we will uh, get you the latest uh, from ABC on that as we go along here. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Taking your calls, your votes in the JR poll, talking restaurants on the dish. Uh, a lot of people talking these days about inflation. And one of the things that people mention most often is, have you seen the price of eggs? And there's even now egg smuggling. People are bringing eggs into the country from Mexico. And the government is trying to stop that. I don't know why. I mean, if they're not trying to stop people coming in, why would they stop the eggs? But anyway, um, I saw a story today at KTSA.com that speculated that maybe with uh, higher and higher egg prices, it would have an impact on Easter, which is right around the corner. Uh, will people not color Easter eggs? Or will they not hide Easter eggs? I will say this, at these prices, if you hide them, you better find all of them, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um and the industry, by the way, says that uh, they are ready for Easter, that they always build into their supply chain increased demand for the Easter holiday season. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Will you change your plans for Easter because of the price of eggs or do something different or just tell the kids to be super careful with them? 210-599-5555 or... Jack at KTSA.com. I'll tell you a funny story. When we were kids, my mom um, would, you know, color Easter eggs with us. I can tell this story, by the way, because my mom tells it, so I'm not, I'm not mocking her. She, she admits this is pretty ridiculous. So every year, uh, because, you know, everyone was doing it, we would ask if we could color Easter eggs. So my mom would buy a dozen eggs, and she would buy that little kit, that that has the food coloring and the you know stencils and everything, um, and, every, and I think they had like wax crayons or something too. You know, all the things that you could use to decorate the eggs. And every year, it just didn't. They just really didn't come out very good. They were very disappointing. They didn't look anything like the box. They didn't look anything like other people's. Easter eggs. And admittedly, we were little kids. We weren't that artistic. But what were we doing wrong? What was wrong? And we couldn't figure it out. And it took my mom a few years to figure out that when you color Easter eggs, you need to start with the white eggs, the white shell eggs. She was buying brown shell eggs because that was what she always bought. Of course, the colors don't show up right, or they look sort of dirty or dingy, right? You get the white eggs, and those colors just pop. And she laughs about it now, but at the time she was like, what, what is the matter with me? <laughs> how, did I, how did I not know this? I guess there were no, like, um, Pinterest or DIY websites back then. You know, you're supposed to, parents were just supposed to know this stuff. 
And my poor mom didn't know that. So she switched to the white eggs and everything was fine. None of us uh, have been traumatized. Uh, 210-599-5555 on KTSA as we talk restaurants on the dish and Cindy's on the radio. Happy Friday, Cindy. Hey, how are you? I'm having a happy Friday. And oh, I'm I just glad. Thought I, oh, yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while. Well, that's very I nice. Check in. Yeah, I was that what, crazy girl at that Christmas wrapping we had that gave you the stocking with the stolen in it. That Christmas Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, that was very, very nice. Thank you. That was very oh, good. It was the thank you for your service to the community, you know. Oh, you well, gave back, you. and then someone passed it forward to you. And so that's what that's I wanted to tell sweet. you. That's very sweet. I thank love you. that event, but I can't wait to do it next year. You and me both. That was awesome. You did an awesome job. The music was impeccable. I can't say good enough. And also, leading into a restaurant, you know, I'm not a big dinner eater nowadays because I'm not impressed too much. I love lunch. But my mm-hmm. brother... Oh, guilted me into going to eat at a place called Bourbon Street Seafood mm-hmm. on Redwood. And I have oh, to yeah. say, I didn't eat. Uh, I didn't order a meal, but I ate off of everybody's plate, and I had an appetizer. Mm-hmm. And they do Louisiana style. Mm-hmm. I have to say, every fish was cooked impeccably, mm-hmm. impeccably. Um, I wasn't crazy about the appetizer, but then again, it's seafood. You know, not my huge favorite genre, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. appreciated what it was. It was kind of um. It's kind of Gruyere. They tried to make a like a Gruyere kind of thing with cheese on top. I, for me, it didn't. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't think it worked. But I pass mm-hmm. on that. But every plate was delicious. Yeah. And here's the deal: if you know the guy named Reva, on Mondays and Tuesdays, ask for a secret menu. Call in. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. What's it? What's so, his name again? His name is Reva. Reva. And they and the, the they are all from. I want to say they they might be Eastern Europe or whatnot, but uh, yeah. So if you call in and say I'd like to know about the secret menu for lunch mm-hmm. on Mondays and Tuesdays, apparently he does a great kebab. Huh. A kebab and what is that? With, um, I want to say it's more um, Iranian uh, Persian style. It hmm. seems like the, the the people that own that were maybe Persian, I think. Okay. Uh, but the service was just dead on. Very nice, and the, they just made sure every plate that fish was cooked beautifully. And you know, it is you know twenty five dollar a plate fish. Yeah. You know, when you're getting salmon yeah. and things like that, so expect that. Yes, uh, but I like I, I tried I, I reached off to everybody and tried everything and loved it all. And I thought the service was great, so I would definitely go back, definitely. And so I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, I like that place a lot. Um, I'm with you on. I'm with you on all of that, and um, I do like seafood, but um, as you say, it is primarily, there's a few things that are not, but it is primarily uh, for people that like seafood, and I think you described it really well, and I'm, I'm very interested. I'm going to definitely check out that secret uh, menu, Cindy. Thank you for that, and I hope, hope, hope you have a good weekend. Thank you for the call. So praise for Bourbon Street Seafood Kitchen and Cafe at Redland and 1604. Lot of calls about Bourbon Street. Most of them are about the Redland location. They do have one up on I-10 off of Bernie Stage Road, which I also like. I actually like the kind of the dining room and that one better. But same menu, just a nicer, maybe a nicer setting for the one up near the Dominion. So they have that one. They have the one at Redland. I think there's, there's I think there's at least one other one. Uh, but uh, wherever you see that sign. 
it's going to be good uh, Creole and Cajun seafood and great appetizers. And real, always really good service, too, at Bourbon Street. Within this hour, uh, authorities in Memphis have released police body cam footage from a January 7th traffic stop that preceded the death of a 29-year-old man named Tyree Nichols. Let's get the latest on this video release and events in Memphis now from ABC News. Across the country, law enforcement is appealing for calm this evening as protests begin now that the police body cam video of the beating of Tyree Nichols, a Memphis man, while in police custody has been released. Those demonstrators are in Chicago tonight. Nichols, who was pulled over in what was originally described as a traffic stop, died of his injuries in the hospital several days later. The mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, says as a former police officer, he feels betrayed by the actions of the five officers and the impact they'll have on police departments nationwide. Any officer who gauges in violence and brutality tarnishes all the work we have done to keep communities safe and force a better relationship between the police and the communities they serve. The five officers who, like Nichols, were black have all been fired and now face charges of second-degree murder. Daria Albinger, ABC News. All right, we'll continue to watch this um, here on KTSA and, of course, always get the news at KTSA.com. This half hour, our phone lines are open as we take your calls on the dish, 210-599-5555, and we'll have the results on the JR poll uh, coming up this half hour as well. Tonight, or I should say tomorrow, is the 37th anniversary of the Challenger disaster, the launch of the space shuttle Challenger, six astronauts plus America's first teacher in space, Krista McAuliffe. Um, here is the NASA audio of that launch on the morning of January 28, 1986. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. We have main engine start, 4, 3, Two, one, and liftoff. Liftoff of the 25th Space Shuttle mission, and it has cleared the tower. Good roll program confirmed. Challenger now heading down range. Engines beginning throttling down now at 94%. Normal throttles uh, for most of the flight, 104%. We'll throttle down to uh, 65% shortly. Engines at 65%, three engines uh, running normally, three good fuel cells, three good APUs. Velocity 2,257 feet per second. Altitude 4.3 nautical miles, downrange distance three nautical miles. One minute, 15 seconds. Velocity 2,900 feet per second. Altitude nine nautical miles, downrange distance seven nautical miles. here looking very carefully at the situation obviously a major malfunction we have no downlink we have a report from the flight dynamics officer that the vehicle has exploded flight director confirms that we are looking at uh, checking with the recovery forces to see uh, what can be done at this point again to repeat uh, we have a report uh, relayed through the flight dynamics officer that the vehicle has exploded. We are now looking at uh, all the contingency operations and awaiting uh, 
word from any recovery uh, forces in the downrange field. As many times as I've heard that, and you know, going back to the day we all heard it, um, it's very chilling. It's almost as if things like that, when you listen to them again, you almost wish, is it going to end differently this time, or will there be a different end? Of course, it's not. Um, I remember thinking in the days after that, although it was shocking and, and people had all kinds of, obviously, emotional reactions to it, there must have been a lot, like the, the man whose voice you hear, there must have been a lot of people who just had to keep doing their little piece of the thing, you know, their job or their small role. I mean, you couldn't, even though it was unprecedented and it was um, completely unexpected and you perhaps felt all kinds of personal feelings, you had to stay professional, stay calm, stay focused. And um, and there was there was hope that perhaps the astronauts could survive something. There was you know there were contingencies for that. Later on, they would find out that um, in all likelihood the the astronauts did survive for at least several seconds and maybe even a few minutes um, because they could tell. But for example, there were emergency oxygen units, two or three of which were turned on. And that only would have happened with the recognition of an emergency. So although there was little else to go on, there were a couple of things like that that kind of hint at an awareness or a realization. And you, you, you can't even imagine, like, what would you think? What would, would you, would people talk? Would they say something to one another? Would they be too shocked to say anything? Would they know how much trouble they were in? Would they have had hope that they could get through it? Um, and of course the, the subsequent investigation showed that it was not survivable and the, uh, the, the rate it, I think it fell back to earth at some unbelievable, like 200 miles an hour or something like that. It was just not, not doable, but you hope that at least at some point they lost consciousness. And I think that's, I think that's what the official findings were. Anyway, that's, um, as of tomorrow, 37, uh, years ago. Uh, we're asking you about that on the JR poll. Here is some of the, uh, network news coverage uh, from that uh, morning, cut number five. From ABC, this is World News Tonight with Peter Jennings. It is the worst disaster in the history of the American space program, and President Reagan has declared a week of mourning for the seven astronauts, five men and two women, who lost their lives on their way into space this morning. On what is not only a crushingly sad day for families, friends, and colleagues of the astronauts, but also an enormous shock to the manned space program, which before today had gone so well. Never before have American lives been lost in flight. Good evening, this is the CBS Evening News, Dan Rather reporting. Lift off from a freezing cold Florida to the cheers of the young students of the first ever U.S. teacher astronaut. Moments later, full throttle and point of highest stress. A massive explosion. The cheering stops. The horror sinks in. Seven Americans with the highest hopes, a billion dollars worth of the highest technology, gone in seconds. The worst disaster in the U.S. space program ever. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on there right now in terms of the crowd? Are people sticking around? That it's always a big attraction in Florida, of course, but uh, a tragedy of this scope. Uh, are people staying around to hear what the final answer is, or are they just drifting away, Steve? Well, as... as um, 
as soon as this happened, of course, we all got so busy that, that we didn't really notice what happened to them, but they're not here. Tom? What happened to the spectators, I don't know. Okay. Yes, John Palmer in New York. Yeah, we're hearing now from uh, NASA. They say that the rescue teams are just now being allowed to enter the impact zone. But again, uh, of course, we have no word on the fate but it, uh, of the crew, but it doesn't look very good. The fact of the matter is... Uh, if you looked at those pictures as we did, it seemed that no one could possibly survive that. So you heard the voices there of, of uh, Tom Brokaw and John Palmer on NBC, Dan Rather on CBS, and the late, great uh, Peter Jennings, who was always so composed and just terrific in, in moments like this uh, on ABC. So um, asking you if you were tuned in, if you were watching, this is one of the events that people actually could have seen live. Uh, I, I remember reading years ago that we, they had done a survey about the Kennedy assassination. There's a, there's a, there's a, there were a lot of people for years after the Kennedy assassination who swore they saw it live. It, it was not live. It was not on television. It was not live. Um, but it felt like they had seen it in, in real time as it happened. Um, whereas with Challenger, with 9-11, those were things you could, not everybody saw them live, but you could potentially, uh, have seen them live. And, um, I, I mentioned this earlier. The, the difference in our culture is that these were seen as losses of humanity. And all of us, whatever our stripes, race, walk of life, felt the the loss of of you know of human life and yet today and i'm not trying to overgeneralize but it seems like the first thought is well which faction is to blame or which subset has let us down is it is it the other party is it science is it we we we, we don't seem to have that kind of this diminishes all of us uh, reaction. I, I hope we can get back to that. I, I hope we don't have to get back to it for anything. But you look at tragedies today and the divisiveness is immediate. I mean, after 9-11, after Challengers, certainly there were differences and there was blaming, but not, not immediately, not for several days at least. I'm going to really refer you to the White House Counsel's Office. I'm going to I'm going to refer you to the White House Counsel's Office. Again, that's where this belongs. That's where I'm going to refer you to and that's where I'm going to leave it. I think we've all been left at the White House Counsel's Office, if you know what I mean. Thank God. I feel like I live there. Um, on the JR poll, uh, we were asking you kind of a I guess kind of an unusual question. For, for our poll, but because tomorrow is the 37th anniversary of uh, Challenger, I was just kind of curious. I, I always kind of wonder, like, you know, as, as people age and new generations and so forth, what percentage of people were, you know, like watching it. I mean, everybody's heard of it. Young people have heard of it, heard about it, read about it. Um, on the poll tonight, <clears throat> pardon me, across all of our uh, platforms, uh, 84% say they were tuned in. 
television or radio. And you may have been in a class, a lot of people saying they were in the classroom either as a student or as a teacher, or they were watching at work, I was watching at work, or they were at home. Um, you know, the other very weird thing about Challenger, so the the space program completely stopped for quite a while, over a year. No shuttles were launched. There was debate about what whether there would ever be one. And um, eventually they went back into service, the remaining shuttles. And there were many more flights. And the, the, the um, tension over the flights lessened, you know, because the first few, obviously, people's hearts were in their throats. And then the tension lessened, and then the... Um, they became, as they had been prior to January of 86, they became kind of, not ho-hum, but semi-routine. It would be in the news, but it wouldn't be the top news story when a shuttle launched, things like that. And then there was this shock when Columbia broke up. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary of that in uh, just a few days. Uh, shuttle Columbia, the oldest shuttle, was coming back from a mission and broke up over Nacogdoches. And it, I, I, I think at that point you kind of knew this is, they're going to, they're going to have to stop these or that people aren't going to support continuing them. That was really it. But, uh, yeah, tw- that'll be 20 years ago as of, I think that was in the first few days of February, 2003. 210-599-5555. On KTSA, uh, as we were talking about restaurants and um, taking your calls on a variety of things. Uh, obviously, today has been kind of a, a, a sober, serious-feeling day because of the concerns over how, uh, what kind of reaction we'll see in Memphis and in other cities. I just want to say, I keep in mind, whatever you see on your screens tonight and this weekend, despite what you will be told, you will probably not be seeing the residents of those communities do whatever they do. I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen. I, I hope and pray it doesn't happen. But if it does, just remember, there are people whose business it is to make those things happen. So we'll see. Uh, before we go tonight, um, and in honor of uh, the Challenger anniversary, I wanted to share uh, some of the remarks that President Reagan made to the country. It was not only the right... They were not only the right words for the moment, but they were some of the best words Ronald Reagan ever spoke as president. So we'll leave you tonight with then-President Ronald Reagan after the Challenger disaster. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd planned to speak to you tonight to report on the State of the Union. But the events of earlier today have led me to change those plans. Today is a day for mourning and remembering. Nancy and I are pained to the core by the tragedy of the shuttle Challenger. We know we share this pain with all of the people of our country. This is truly a national loss. Nineteen years ago, almost to the day, we lost three astronauts in a terrible accident on the ground. But we've never lost an astronaut in flight. We've never had a tragedy like this. And perhaps we've forgotten the courage it took for the crew of the shuttle. But they, the Challenger 7, were aware of the dangers, but overcame them and did their jobs brilliantly. We mourn seven heroes, Michael Smith, 
Dick Scobie, Judith Resnick, Ronald McNair, Ellison Onizuka, Gregory Jarvis, and Krista McAuliffe. We mourn their loss as a nation together. The families of the seven, we cannot bear as you do the full impact of this tragedy. But we feel the loss, and we're thinking about you so very much. The crew of the Space Shuttle Challenger honored us for the manner in which they lived their lives. We will never forget them, nor the last time we saw them this morning, as they prepared for their journey and waved goodbye, and slipped the surly bonds of Earth to touch the face of God. Thank you.